You're listening to season two of Kids Cue the Music, a podcast where we talk to musicians, composers, performers, and kids. Kids like you. We're asking the questions you've always wondered but never had the chance to ask. And we'll listen to music to see what makes it so interesting and fun and sometimes strange. Because music is for you. I am your co-host, Arlene. And I am your co-host, Rebecca Lane, Sarah's mom and director and owner of the Lane School of Music. Let's Let's cue the music. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Kids Cue the Music. I am your co-host Rebecca Lee. And I am the other co-host who also just got a haircut. And my name is Erwin. Yeah, you did just get a haircut. No one can see it, but it looks lovely. And today we are here with wonderful violinist Tanya Charles. Tanya, are you there? I am here. Hey guys. Amazing. Hi. So nice to see you and to chat with you. Thank you for being here. Yeah, great to be here. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself, what instrument you play and how you got started on it and a bunch of other stuff? You know, <laughs> tell us everything. Okay. I will tell you the inside scoop. So my name is Tanya Charles Ivanuk and I play the violin. I actually got started with the piano first when I was three because my older brother used to play it and I absolutely loved to listen to him play all day and I begged my parents to start so they put me in piano and then when I was 10 I saw my very first string orchestra do you know what a string orchestra is mm, it's probably just an orchestra played with complete strings. pretty much but specific strings so a string orchestra is a group of violins violas cellos and double basses so this group was a group of students from grade four and up that had come to play at my school and their teacher was offering group lessons through this program that they had in my school board in Hamilton. And so I saw it. I loved it. I went home and I said, mom, dad, I want to learn to play the violin. It looks hard. So I have to learn it. And then so I signed up (laughs) and that was it. That was the beginning of, of where I am today. And I played both violin and piano until the end of high school and then eventually decided to study violin in university because you have to choose an instrument and came to study in Toronto. And now I play with all sorts of groups and other places far from here too. I also really, really want to play the piano. I already play violin, but I want to play piano. Nice. You should. It's really awesome. And it's a really good basis for a lot of other instruments. You're not going to let me play. I haven't let her start a new instrument because we're struggling to practice the first one. (laughs) Oh, that's tough though. Practicing's hard, right? Yeah. Yeah, totally. But maybe at some point we will start piano because I mean, yeah. tennis started when she was 10. I mean, violin when she was 10, right? Is that what you said? Yeah, that's true. Yep. I think I should probably start sometime this year. That's my goal. Before I turn 10, before July 30th. So we have like six and a half months. Yes. Six and so a half like months. a New Year's resolution. Awesome. So, I mean, I started in a school program as well. I wasn't 10 though. I was eight. I started in grade four. Or three. Oh, I you're you're eight when I was eight. Maybe I was nine. You're you're eight when you're in grade. No, I was in. I was definitely in grade four. Maybe grade two, grade three. Who knows? Me too. It was the best. We had such a great school program. So I'm so happy that that was available for me, and I'm so glad that it was available at other schools too. Because obviously, amazing things happened because of that. They made wonderful musicians. You play in a string quartet. Well, how do you, how do you how do you oh, maybe maybe ask Kenya how do you um, pronounce the name of your quartet? Isn't it quartet? Quartet, yes. Okay. It is a quartet. You play in a string quartet. Odin quartet. That's right. What is a string quartet and how does a violinist join one single? Just one. one. Only one? Do you want to play one? We'll see. Well, I guess we need to figure out what it is first, right? Okay. So, well, you know, maybe what a duo is. That's a group of two people, right? 
And a trio would be a group of how many people? Three. Three. So a quartet is a group of four people together. And a string quartet specifically is a group for four stringed instruments. So we have two violins. So there's me and my colleague, my friend, and there's a viola. Do you know what a viola is? It's a violin and chip is like high or something. The other way, actually, it's a little bit lower. It's a bit bigger. Hey. And the bigger you get, the lower the sounds get. So the viola is kind of played like a violin. It's still up on your shoulder, but it's a little bit bigger and a little bit deeper. And it's, so it's so like we a cello? Have two violins. Uh, not as big as a cello, but we also do have a cello in the string quartet. So cellos are big, really big. It's like so big that they have a pin at the bottom and you have to stick it into the floor and they sit down to play. But violins and violas, they sit up on your shoulder and you play it just as you're used to seeing violins being played with a bow. My brother plays the cello. He doesn't nice. practice that much anymore. Well, <laughs> a little bit, I guess. Again, the uh, recital's coming up, so he will be. Okay. Um, It's not fair for violins because like, Cellos get to sit down and they have to, and we have to stand up. We have to go like, we have, we have to stand up. So what happens in a string quartet? Does, do the violinists and violists stand up? Probably not. Well, typically in a quartet, everybody is actually sitting in their chairs to play. Everybody, Ooh. even violins, believe it or not. But sometimes my quartet likes to have the violins and the violas standing and our cellist likes to sit on a high stool. And so he'll have to pull out his end pin just a little bit higher because he's sitting a little bit higher off the floor. And sometimes we play like that. Like a cellist is supposed to look like he's standing, but he's sitting in a chair or something. Kind of. <laughs> kind of like that. It's also just so he doesn't look really, really, really short. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen a string quartet do that. Is that like a common thing? Is that a new trend? Are you trendy? We are trendy. <laughs> we actually do it a lot. And I think that when you're standing, it frees you up to move and even, I don't want to say dance like it's a choreographed dance, but just to move with the music. And sometimes we feel things a little bit differently because my quartet doesn't just play classical music. We also play in other genres. We play pop and there's movie music and lots of other things. And sometimes we feel that we just need to move along, especially if it's a really dancey tune or if we feel like we want to rock out and we just want to move our bodies. We want to be standing for that. So we stand up. What do you think, Sarah? Would you prefer to sit or stand if you were in a string quartet? Sit. Yeah. I like sitting. <laughs> I th I feel like that's a big selling point for a lot of kids when you're like, do you want to play the violin or the cello? And they're like, cello, because I get to sit, which is really a shame. <laughs> but the cool thing about violins is that they can move their feet while playing. We can I mean, tap our toe. Cello, cello, we can move our bodies. And do that too, though, because like they're, they're sitting and they can do like that. Like they can tap their foot while they're sitting. Their toes. This is... Their toes. This is true. But can they move their bodies, the the upper half of their bodies? Mm, maybe not so easily. So we get to do all sorts of things with our bodies. <laughs> we were looking on your Instagram account and I noticed that you are holding flowers in a photo. Why do musicians get flowers after they perform? Why is this a thing? <laughs> <laughs> well, we get flowers after we perform as a way of saying something like, thank you so much for your lovely performance and to show appreciation. Although I must admit that like some really famous people are probably getting flowers from their biggest fans to show how much they're loved and adored and like they're an idol to someone. Or maybe sometimes it's like for me in that picture, it's probably just a family member who loves and adores me too. So it's kind of like a gift that shows appreciation that isn't super expensive. Like imagine somebody throwing like diamonds up at you. Like, I'd take it. <laughs> I would take it too. Like but what if really somebody threw like candy at you or something? Like, I would eat it. Well, 
people like it sometimes it like showers flowers or something. I don't know why that happens. Like confetti? No, but they're flowers. Like flower petals. No, just flowers. I don't think I've ever seen flowers falling. Anyway, um, but like, imagine if that happened to like candy or something or jewels. It would have hurt so much because you, you'd be standing here like, Yahoo, I just finished my best recitation or recital or whatever. Then you're just, and you're just like smiling and then like a candy fall, like a big hard candy falls in your head and you get a big bruise in your head and you're like, that would, that be, would crazy. be terrible. Yeah, I, I, like if somebody was sewing that, it'd be all over the internet. So uh, should I suggest that for my next recital that people throw candy? I think this could be a new thing. Like I would enjoy that as be. well. What if like, like there's like a big, like a bunch of people? No, somebody who was really famous and everybody knew what they liked. And so they just got what they liked a lot and they threw it. Like I like Lego sets. So like people could be throwing, I don't know, individual Lego sets. <laughs> pieces of Lego. <laughs> yeah, like a little a brick, a brick. And then I had to go around the whole entire stage collecting. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I think you're onto something. I like computer games, so if you want to like throw computer games at any of my recitals, I'd be absolutely game for that. Thrilled. Okay. Just make sure you don't hit anybody. I'll send out the memo to the parents of the student recitals that we have coming up, so that they know to like shower their children not with flowers at the end of the performances, but with candy and Lego pieces. Make sure you do that to me, please. I'll, I'll consider it. Consider. That's not how you freak. <laughs> so, Tanya, do you have any recordings of yourself that we can listen to and then like hear what you sound like playing? Absolutely. I can share this one. It's a recording that I actually just recently did with a group called the Ontario Pops Orchestra. So that's also a string orchestra. We did it in November for their YouTube concert. And I played a piece that's by Antonio Vivaldi. Have you ever heard of this guy? Antonio Vivaldi. No. No? Can you I'm guess not, where I'm from? not doing my job. Where's the volley from? Why do you trip me to know? <sighs> Based on his name, where do you think he might be from? Mm-hmm. Antonio Vivaldi. French? Kind of in the right area of the world. Think of all the pasta that we Did talked about last season. What language were they mostly in? Oh, Italian. So where there are Italian go. from? Italy. Boom. Nailed yeah. it. That's right. Vivaldi is from... Italy, and he was probably around in the late 1600s into the 1700s. So he wrote a violin concerto. And a, well, actually, do you know what a concerto is? I feel oh, like boy. I should know, but I don't. That's okay. A concerto is like a flashy, difficult piece for an instrument to play solo with an orchestra to back them up. So this concerto is from a group of pieces called the Four Seasons. So they all kind of sound like sound like the Four Seasons: spring, summer, fall, and winter. So I got to play summer with this group, and I hope you enjoy it. Okay, here's the recording of Summer. Thank you. 
For the song before it. Wait, was that summer, by the way? That is not yeah. something like summer. Okay, this is one of my, this is what was coming into my brain because as we were listening to it, I'm like, I wonder yeah, what, what kind of put, summers are. I think this. My teacher puts like all teachers that I've been. There has to be some sort of time where they 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 put any of those songs, like classical music or the Four Seasons by Vivaldi. Yeah, I've heard that one before. You've heard that one before. Yeah. yeah. So that was. Summer, right? Yeah, it was summer. That was the third movement. So movements are kind of like, sort of like chapters in a book. So this is like the third and final chapter of this book. Why do you think, I mean, how, how does that depict summer in your imagination? Because I think Vivaldi actually put some notes, right, in the score saying like what was supposed to be happening. That's right. So Vivaldi actually wrote or took the ideas from some sonnets. And it's kind of like a, kind of like a type of poem is what a sonnet is. And they're supposed to, the music is supposed to depict or to draw a picture of a certain scene from the sonnet. So that sonnet is about a storm that is blowing through. And there's loads and loads of lightning and wind and thunder and rain and everything. And what it's actually doing in that movement is destroying the crops on the farm of this poor shepherd that was weeping a couple of, in the last couple of movements before. So that's why it's pretty wild and pretty furious and mad and angry yeah, it kind of sounds like i don't know a tree is getting knocked over or something there you go that's exactly what it's supposed to be one time i think last year in virtual school i looked out the window and it was windy outside and like i could see one of the street poles with the lights on it literally shake i was like is that gonna fall over and i think it blew i think on one street light it blew part of it off and it, the street light was just hanging down broken do you Whoa. think this music would be a good soundtrack to that happening maybe it would be like playing in thomas's brain during the storm yes thomas yeah sarah's brother is because like when we go to camp in our cabins he, he like it rains there a lot because it's like it's like down north or something up north up north 
We keep saying down north. It's like, what is that? North is that? Like, the roofs of, roofs of the cabins are, like, metal or something, and the rain is super loud in there. And, like, Tom hides in his sleeping bag. Yeah, so that's, I think, why Vivaldi wrote the piece of music like that. So, like, active and busy and loud because storms are loud. Yeah, but, like, exactly. how does that normally happen? Rainstorms? What do you think? Yeah, they, they do, actually, because the summer's really, really, really hot. And the way that weather works is when there's, like, a lot of cold air and it mixes with the hot air, it kind of spins up a storm. And so you get lots of wind and lots of rain. So it's super common in the summer to get storms that are really, really bad. That's why we hear about things like hurricanes in the summer seasons. There's lots of those because there's lots of cold and hot air mixing in. Poof, a storm. And apparently Vivaldi was like, this is what I think that would sound like if I were to write it for Violet. Can you tell us a little bit about how you prepared for that performance? Because we'll put the link to the video and we'll also put the, Tanya, just so you know, the proper audio will be in the podcast, not oh, sure. me holding the phone up to the mic. <laughs> we will put the link to the video so that everyone can see what it's a live performance. We actually recognize someone else in it. Yeah, it was my brother's um, cello teacher, Mary Catherine. Oh, no way. Oh, yeah. cool. She's awesome. She is. She's so She wonderful. was my right-hand man in that recording. Yeah, she makes up what's called the continuo, which is which basically means it's it's the group of people. Usually it's a harpsichord, which is another type of, of keyboard instrument, and the cello that are accompanying the solo instrument, which was me in that case. So her and I were eyes on each other the whole time to make sure that we were completely in sync whenever the orchestra left us alone to play. So tell us how, maybe a little bit about how you prepared for that performance. Like, was that the first time you had ever performed it live? How, did you have to rehearse with Mary Catherine, just you and her? How does all that work? How do you put that together? So I've known, I would say, two of the four seasons for a very long time. This one I have known the longest since I was still maybe in my mid-teens, I learned it for the first time. This is not the first time I've had a chance to perform this season, so I'm really lucky. I did perform it mm, maybe six or seven years ago with an orchestra up north, but this was the first time that I was backed with a team of people that I knew, of my friends and colleagues. In terms of preparation for it, I think all those past performances really helped, but I would say that practicing lots really, really helped me out and deciding what did I want to say through the music is a really important process that happens when you practice. So sometimes I play a little bit and I make sure that every phrase that I play means something to me. So it takes a lot of time. And then the more that you play those phrases, they kind of get stuck in your head. And the next thing you know, you memorize the whole thing. I want to be a composer later up. Ooh, I, mean, like, nice. I mean, I feel like I'd be pretty good at a composer anyway. You don't have to wait until you're grown up to be a composer. Well, I've already That's composed true. a lot of stuff on the piano. Well, it's true. Yeah, there's so a then whole you're a composer already. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, we don't have an actual piano. We have, like, a piano app on our tablet or something. And we we, we, re we record a bunch of songs we just made up on my, my brother even did one. Maybe one day we'll have a real piano. It is like, Kitty is so soft version. All programmatic music, of course. He has his, he has his back to us. I know, crazy. Tanya, would you like to play a few rounds of pasta, no, opera, opera or cheese? 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 <laughs> I would love to play. I love games. Amazing. How does it work? 
Okay. So she, the mom, she says an Italian word, normally Italian. It could be any code. These words aren't as Italian as pasta. Yes. But it, sometimes it, they're not it's any language word. Ooh, if you're trying to get I kind love of, languages. Or if it's a kind of opera or in the name of an opera or a kind of cheese. I don't even love cheese. I mean, mm. I, I don't like cheese on its own. Cheese okay. on its own is just... Cheese on pizza? Cheese on pizza is good? Yeah. Although I don't okay. love pizza. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm really like, I'm super into languages. So, I mean, I hope it helps me through this game. It will, for sure. It, you'll yes. have a definite advantage. And because you will have heard of some of the operas before. So usually we let Zara guess first because that's, that's when the professional that's, musician. That's just unfair. That means I'll get all of them. No, it means that it's an actual guess. You're not being scared on what the grown-up with Mary's experience. But maybe you know something that I don't know. Hey, and you're actually just helping me out. Is it possible? <laughs> it's possible. And I've learned that I don't know very many operas and I have a hard time pronouncing a lot of them yeah. in this <laughs> process. It's been embarrassing. It's all good. Okay, so the first one is... Mazdam. I think that's cheese. And again, I'm probably not pronouncing it right, but it's spelled M A A S. No, 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 no. I, I want to see what oh. it, I want to see the word. Mazdam. What's German to me? I don't know. <laughs> no, Dutch. it's actually Dutch. Okay. That's why I know it because I also speak Dutch. Oh my goodness. You Mazdam. How many languages do you speak? I, it, well, not including English. I can speak three. I speak one fluently. So I speak fluent Spanish, but I can also speak and communicate in Dutch and French. That's a lot. Wow, that's, that's insane. Actually. I, so yeah, this is I, this is. I know what this one is. But <laughs> I can communicate in, um, of course, English. And I can. I, I do a tiny, tiny, tiny bit of Latin. Ooh, a Roman that's language. a good one. Yeah, that one's nice. That helps awesome. you like say words in other. Yeah, because like um, the word video is actually a Latin word, except it's pronounced like video. No way! I didn't know that. Yeah, they, 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 See, they, I'm learning things from you. They took the spelling of it. Okay, okay, I, okay. So, it's a T. I mean, it sounds like Tanya, you know this word already. Can you tell us how to pronounce it first? Okay, so in Dutch, it's mastum, mastum. Okay. So, yeah, I'm I'm thinking it's a cheese. Yeah, I think it's a cheese too. You are correct. Yeah, okay. <laughs> we'll have to try harder and stump you both. Okay. You know what we should do? We should have the guests read the words, and then you and I have to say what they are, because I can't pronounce okay. them. Okay. Well, um, wait, can I read the words for this one? Can I? Yeah. Okay, sure. So pick something. Off. Yeah, this is good. Yeah, you read them, and then we will guess. You and I right can get this one. Okay. There's no prize for winning, by the way. Ah. Uh, start. Gorgonzola. Gorgonzola. Oh, you can't show it to me. I can't look at the list anymore. Okay, who guesses first? I've seen the list, so I do have a bit of an advantage, although I'm fairly okay. certain I know what this one is. Gorgonzola. What do you think, Tanya? It's a cheese. It's oh, 100% a cheese. Cheese. It is the most amazing cheese yes. ever. <laughs> <laughs> it's a delicious cheese. If you said opera, I think I would have lost my mind. <laughs> Look at that one. Okay, one more. One more. Okay. Don't pronounce it however you want. Okay. Fidelio. I think that's what it says. I'm not really sure. Yeah. Okay. Pretty sure this is an opera. Maybe by Beethoven. I, I also agree that is an opera. Yes, and it's from Beethoven. It is it by Beethoven? Yes, it is. Yay. I know something. You get bonus points for that. <laughs> no, but I I've seen the list. I can't point. do this properly. No, it doesn't prove anything except that Enya knows everything. She got I all know. Opera or cheese. That was amazing. Cheese. Opera. Opera. Cheese. Opera. Or cheese. Everybody, I have a big announcement to make. I cannot do the podcast anymore because I obviously know nothing about opera cheese, okay? The point of the podcast is to learn. There I'm sorry. 
I don't think I can do this anymore. I'm going to give up the golden, the golden piece, the 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 red, the, the, the red golden piece. I'm going to give it up to my brother. Do you know what I always say, Zara? Is that you're never too old to learn something. So you taught me something today. Speaking of learning, there you go. How can people learn more about you? More about me? I would say that the super easiest way to find me is you can Google me. <laughs> I Google myself sometimes just to see what shows up because I think that's really funny. But I would say next easiest is Instagram. I'm on Instagram at tangramci, T-A-N-G-R-A-M-C-I for last names. And on YouTube under Tanya Charles, you can also follow my quartet. We are on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube with the handle Odin Quartet, O-D-I-N. And we have a website, www.odinquartet.com. And we actually just released our first CD in November. Woohoo! So like Spotify, Amazon Music, iTunes, wow, hey. all that. Find us there, which is pretty cool. And we recorded that in the pandemic, believe it or not. It's pretty fun and scary, fun and scary. But yeah, coming up for me, though, you can also check out not only with the quartet, but the Obiora Ensemble. That's an ensemble that I lead that's based at Montreal. That's O-B-I-O-R-A. Symphonia Toronto is where I live. That's my orchestra job. And in April, get this, this is like, I'm really excited about this. I'll be playing with an American-based orchestra that I played with before called the Gateways Festival Orchestra. And we're playing in none other than Carnegie Hall in New York City. So I'm really looking forward to going there and doing that. I don't even know where that is or what it is or how famous it is or how important it is. I don't even know what it's pretty big, famous and important. Pretty it's big like when, when they say like Carnegie Hall is like where everybody wants to perform because not only it is, is it the most amazing looking hall, the most amazing sounding hall, but it's kind of like the hall that everybody who is anybody has played in. And that's where you, when they say, they say that if you play in Carnegie Hall, you know, you've made it big. Yeah, they say. So you've made it big. Uh, yeah, I guess yeah. so. <laughs> and after you can just go like, hey, guess what, guys? I played in Carnegie Hall. Or, <laughs> or whatever it's called. Carnegie Hall, yeah. Like, Carnegie like, well, Hall. I guarantee Tanya's going to be telling everyone that she's playing at Carnegie Hall and afterwards, too, because it's a big deal and you should tell everyone. So congrats on that. Super excited. Thank you. Thank you. Super excited. And thank you so much for being with us here today. This has been so much fun. Thank you for playing Opera and Cheese with us. Yeah, thanks for letting me play Opera and Cheese. And yeah, thanks for having me today, too. We will see you on the next episode of Kids Give You the Music. Well, I thought we were going to see it together. No, sorry about that. See you on the next episode of Kids Give You the Music, folks. Have a great one. Thanks for listening to Kids Cue the Music. If you've enjoyed this episode, leave us a review. Your reviews help more people like you find our podcast. Don't forget to follow us on iTunes and follow us on social media at Lane School of Music. I'm Zara Lane. And I'm Rebecca Lane. See you next time on Kids Cue the Music. music.